The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome. I just said it twice. That's because we have two on the panel today. If you want to run with the Game Changers, I still promise you're in the right place. This is the beginning of Season 2 of our very special series, Social Selling with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. I have to do a shout-out to our sponsor, Kirsten Boyleau at SAP, who has come back for another season, and we're very, very excited. And no surprise, she's on the show today. We're going to spin this a little bit differently than usual, so let's get started. The buzz today Put your game face on, game on. No, I'm not talking about the Super Bowl or the Golden Globes or the Grammys or the Emmys or Oscars or whatever's coming up. I'm talking about games and social selling. If it doesn't make sense to you, you have to listen up. As humans, we all like games. Why? Well, games let us try to be the best at something. It could be a Scrabble tournament. It could be words with friends. It could be card games, video games, football, any kind of uh, anything where you're interested in competition with other people. It could be even if you're good enough to be in the Olympics. Not only do we want to try to be the best at something and prove it to ourselves and perhaps more important others in the world, we like to challenge each other. That's what it's all about. Games motivate us to try harder, to prepare, to have a goal. They bring out the best, but sometimes the worst in us. We won't talk about that today. But getting back to our topic, can games help your sales reps learn more about and get up to speed and energize them in social selling? Why is that important? Because social selling is challenging most of your reps to do something very different from the way they're used to doing their selling. They have to change how they do business. So stick around for the next hour. We have two experts in this field. They're not in competition, don't worry. (laughs) And they're going to help us figure out the best ways to incorporate games into your social selling program. They're going to give you some concrete pointers on how to do it. They're going to help you figure out what outcomes you can reasonably expect and how you can push that envelope. And also Reality Check will talk about the challenges that may arise along the way. So gamification the golden ticket that makes people perform tedious tasks while making them think they had the idea. It's genius. It could be like Disney World, some people say. Let me introduce my two experts today. First up, a returning panelist. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. It's 
Mario Martinez Jr. He's a social selling and LinkedIn expert. Mario has sent me a quote that has multiple sources, but it was told to him by Craig Cotter, K-O-T-T-E-R, and he will explain that. Here's the big mantra from Mario. If your why doesn't make you cry, then it's not big enough. Mario Martinez, welcome back. How are you? And Happy New Year. Bonnie, thank you so much. I'm excited to be with you, and thanks for having me again. We're delighted you earned your spot on this opening show of Season 2. So who is Craig Cotter, since we don't have a, a specific source for the actual quote? And the quote is very popular, as you know, Mario. How did you pick this quote for a show about gamification and social selling? Gotcha. Well, Craig Cotter is actually a, re- a really good friend of mine. He actually is a, a multimillionaire in network marketing. And uh, network marketing is um, you know 20% of self-made millionaires almost year after year come from network marketing. And so he finally convinced me several years ago to uh, join up with him, and we had a great ride, had just a really, really fun time. Um, and so throughout that journey, throughout that process, where I started developing a lot more as a speaker and really helping people to understand how to go after their dreams and become independent business owners, um, that was one of the quotes that he kind of instilled in me that made me think about is, if your why doesn't make you cry, then it's not big enough. So, you know, one of the things he kept asking me when I, when I was struggling with, with getting the business up and running was, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And you know, every time I would say something to the effect of, well, it's my family. Well, it's because I want to be able to plan for retirement. It's, you know, uh, it's because I want to do something different. Uh, and so, you know, he'd always ask, um, it, it, was, it, was it enough? Was it enough? And if it wasn't enough to, to deal with the frustration that I, that I was uh, dealing with in terms of growing that, that business, which is very, very, very difficult, uh, very few, very few succeed in that particular space. But um, if it wasn't big enough, then he, he always said to me, if your why doesn't make you cry, then it's not big enough. So it really helped me to tap in uh, there at that business. And I started utilizing and applying that logic in business and with my own individual staff and organizations of trying to understand what is it that made them tick. Because if I could understand that and I could understand what motivated individuals, then and only then could I become really an effective leader by helping to move them uh, every time they face struggle or adversity within the organization or within on the job. And that those are the, the crux of it. And, and I've written some articles and spoke about that as well, um, that you know, so many people, we've known so many people that have been terminated from their jobs, um, especially in the world of sales, because of performance issues. But they all had you know, usually five basic fundamental things. They had a family to support, a retirement to, that they needed to save for, they had a mortgage they had to pay for, they had bills just like everybody else, uh, they had children that they were trying to put through college, and yet those five things were not enough to keep them mm-hmm. focused on a performance level to do the right thing or to, or to excel. So th- that therein came from the business aspect of if your why doesn't make you cry, then it's not big enough. And so when people say that to me, I'm like, great, but there's something more. There's something mm-hmm. bigger. Let's find out what that bigger thing is. And once I know that, then I can help, help motivate you. Thank you, Mario. Appreciate the background. Now tell me, how does this relate to our topic today, the gamification of social selling? Is it a game that's going to help you find your why? Is the game the why that's bigger than all of the reasons you just gave us? What do you think? Well, I, I, I can't say that it directly correlates to social selling, <clears throat> Bonnie. But what I can say is in the world of social sell, selling, uh, and most oftentimes it is sales folks or independent business owners or uh, individuals that are trying to grow their business somehow, some way. 
and they are stuck looking uh, at doing the same traditional methodologies that they've always used and maybe incorporating different types of Internet marketing concepts. Um, and so really branching out beyond that is going to help those individuals uh, grow their business faster. You've got to be where your customer is at, and that is on social networks. Uh, and so you've got to find them. So it doesn't necessarily correlate. Your why doesn't make you cry is not going to make you do social selling. <laughs> but <laughs> once you understand what your why is, then you will change up your your your, uh, your pitch, if you would, so that you can adopt uh, to the new methodologies that um, and how customers want to buy. Hopefully that makes sense. Thank you, Mario. It does. And you, you change your pitch. How about changing your game or upping your game? That's a common phrase. Thank you very much. We're going to find out more from our second panelist. Of course, it's Kirsten Boylow at SAP. Happy New Year, Kirsten. I'm so delighted you renewed your series and you're back for season two. And Kirsten has sent me a wonderful quote from John Dewey. And here's the quote. Arriving at one goal is the starting point to another. Welcome, Kirsten. How are you today? I am wonderful, Bonnie. It's great to hear your voice again and to be on the radio with you again. It's, uh, Thank you so it's been much. A, it's been a few weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, a long time, right? It's been since December. Kirsten, talk to me about arriving at one goal is the starting point to another. How does that relate to gamification? And, and let me just put it, be, be very blunt here. Is social selling considered to be a new game, let's say the new game in town for sales reps today, meaning how many contacts can you make? How much networking can you do? How many hours a day? can you be on? How many tweets? How many updates to your LinkedIn profile? How many Facebook posts? How many connections? Is that the game? I'm going to just let you expand on that. Tell me. Well, I just wanted to make one quick comment on uh, Mario's quote there. Yeah. If the why is making them cry, it's probably because they're not hitting their quota and because they're, they're not using <laughs> social selling. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, anyway, I just wanted to, I, I love the, this quote, arriving at one goal is a starting point to another because it's, it's always about, you know, where are you going to get to next? How are you going to take that next hurdle? What's going to be the next big thing that you can talk about, that you can uh, engage in, that you can participate in as a sales rep um, to, to grow your skills and to be relevant uh, in the new digital transformation that's happening across all of the businesses um, in the world? And... Uh, is, is social selling the new game in town? I absolutely believe it is. Is it the only game? No, absolutely not. But it is part of the new game of this digital transformation that we have to go through because, as Mario mentioned, our customers are uh, looking for a new way to buy. Uh, they don't want to be sold to. They don't want. Um, they want to have their opportunity to to learn and, and be educated through whatever means it is that they want to engage in that, and that might be the social networks, you know, the, the traditional platforms. It could be online communities, which are still social, uh, or I consider them social anyway. Um, any one of those ways of, of, you know, pulling that information in for themselves, and so that's why we as, as businesses need to be participating in those programs, participating in those uh, platforms so that our customers find us when when they're ready to and where they want to and how they want to. So it, I think it is the new game in town or or at least part of the of the of the bigger game that needs to go on. 
Thank you, Kristen. Very, very interesting. And by the way, I have to do a clarification here. If people are hearing the name John Dewey, the source of the quote Kirsten shared today, he's not the one who invented the library catalog system. That was Melville Dewey. John Dewey, and I had to look this up, <laughs> is one of the, Kirsten probably knows this, one of the primary figures associated with the philosophy of pragmatism. I didn't know there was a philosophy of pragmatism. And he's considered <laughs> one of the founders of functional psychology. He was ranked as the 93rd most cited, talk about the game, 93rd most cited psychologist of the 20th century, a well-known public intellectual, a major voice of progressive education and liberalism. I wonder which of the candidates on the big stage last week would uh, would be citing John Dewey as one of their, <laughs> their inspirations. Okay, but I digress. Very, very interesting. Okay, so we're talking about uh, gamification and I want to play a little game with my two panelists and you know what it is. I'm going to ask you, what's in your cup? today what are you drinking what is refreshing your mind and your body and your soul while we're talking about this really interesting topic mario martinez where are you calling from today and what are you drinking or what's coming after the show i'm bonnie i'm calling from the wonderful rainy san francisco bay area it is pouring down rain and our 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 ground is just saturated the good news is is we need it the bad news is is We've been in a drought so long that our, our grounds just can't hold the water anymore. <laughs> so that having been said, uh, since we're getting a lot of extra water, I am drinking the fabulous H2O, just plain old water. <laughs> I appreciate that. Today. Now tell me something. You're drinking the colder room temperature. Is it in a glass? Is it in a bottle? Does it have a brand? Do you have a straw? Come on. Tell me more, Mario. We're talking about the good old filtered water coming off the fridge right from the tap. We've got great water here. So I'm going with water today. I told you know, sometimes I, I do something unique or special for the show today. But today it's bright and early. And uh, I, I was, it was a late night last night. So uh, the alarm clock woke me up and I said, I need water to make this Darth Vader voice go away. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, how appropriate. By the way, The Revenant and uh, uh, I think the new Kevin Hart movie knocked the Star Wars movie out of number one after four weeks. I was absolutely shocked that it's no longer wow. the number one. Yeah, it didn't stay there very long. It came out with a bang, and it certainly set records for first weekend, but it's already been knocked out of first place by two other movies in just about wow. a month. Shocking. Talking about game on, I have to stop saying that. Kirsten, you're in Canada today, I assume. Am I right? And what are you drinking? I am uh, in Canada, yes, but I'm on the other coast. I am in Vancouver, B.C. today, and uh, it's quite warm here. It's 7 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that refers to, maybe 43 or so Fahrenheit, uh, but it's warm. minus 15 at home in Ontario, so I'm happy to be here. <laughs> that, that's tropical. We're, we're down into the, we were, I think, a single digits last night here in New York. It's bitter brutal, and we did have our first snow on Sunday briefly. Most of it is gone. It was pretty and there's still a dusting here, but rumor has it we're getting more. It's been really, really deep, deep freeze-able here on Long Island. And you know, even though I have a brand new Nespresso Virtue line and I'm drinking five or six cups a day of decaf, thank you. Oh. I'm still drinking my, Mario, don't worry, my cool, clear water. And we have a pink straw.
straw today, and pink is for, I don't know, health or being in the pink or whatever. I, before we go to break, I just want to share with both of you that I looked up gamification and social selling. I did a little Google on uh, how people are using this, and I came up with somebody's blog entitled Increase Social Selling, and they had a four-point guideline. Number one was develop a training program, and Kirsten, we've certainly established that on season one of this series. Set clear guidelines and policies. I know we've covered that. We're going to be covering that more this season. Align your sales and marketing departments. I think we covered that, but here's the kicker. Their fourth part in their program is launch a competitive contest. So in the words competitive contest, in that phrase, we hear game, we hear gamification, we hear competition, we hear try to do your best, we hear challenge yourself to beat other people in the game. And just let me read a comment here. It says, ah, gamification. I think I opened with this. The golden ticket that makes people perform tedious tasks while making them think they had the idea. It's genius, really. And when that gamification taps into the competitive nature of your sales reps, magical things can happen. Magic like Disney World, because salespeople have a natural competitive spirit. It's not hard to get them competing. Add in the promise of a reward, and you have the makings of a great contest. Not only does this provide endless entertainment for you, meaning management, it also ingrains the habit of social selling deep into your rep's DNA. Kirsten, I'm going to ask you to respond to this. We'll just wait a minute or two before we go to break. What are your thoughts on this? Is this something you agree with? I think it's one of the, the biggest things that you can do once you've established, you know, what you want your your social selling program to be. Um, there's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be those people who say, well, I, I agree it's important, but I'm just too busy to, to make it a reality for myself. Um, and I think in order to change management is one of the biggest things that you, you come across when you're trying to implement really any program that deals with, um, changing the way that people do business. And I mean, social selling is absolutely one of those. And in order to, to make those changes and to, to, to change it at the DNA level, you know, go from that, um, we've been saying this around SAP, go from the, the golf course mentality to, to the, you know, online mentality. It takes a lot of change. It takes a lot of shift in focus. And in order to do that, I think it's, it's really important that you um, give people something to, to hang on to, not just the concepts, not just the tools, give them a way to, to make it part of their everyday. Uh, it's one of the things that we actually have as part of our overall enablement program is, you know, follow-up sessions on, and it's not gamification yet, but that's what we're heading to, um, is, you know, how do we incorporate this into your everyday activities? And they have things that they have to do that, um, you know, not only our activities in social selling, but help them to think about, okay, I'm doing this now. How can I incorporate this particular activity into what I'm already doing so that it becomes part of what I do on a daily basis? Thank you. And Mario, I'd love to get your comments on this as well. Thoughts? Yeah, no, you know, think about this, Bonnie. As humans, when we are going through elementary school, junior high, high school, uh, gamification starts on a, uh, right from the right from the beginning. I was just in my son's kindergarten class helping to teach. Uh, of all topics, it was on the citrus fruits uh, and specifically on the on the orange. And literally, just asking the question of uh, you know how long do you think a citrus tree could uh, grow to, and um, who can give me the answer? 
And of course, what you have is, is it, 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 all the children inside, they're raising their hand, me, 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 pick me, pick me, pick me. And they're all trying to give an answer to give the right answer. And so if you think about it, I mean, the, the youngest of young people that we train, it's all about gamifying whatever it is that you're trying to teach. And we ingrain that from very early on. Um, and so uh, that is no different when it comes to adulthood. And when you're looking at launching a new process, a new procedure, a new way of doing something in your business, you've got to figure out ways to be able to gamify that. And in past roles, um, we actually gamified that from month one, right from the get-go, because I, I subscribe to that same philosophy that when you're in kindergarten, at kindergarten levels, you are learning through games and through gamification and even through competing against other people, whether you know it or not. It's just the human nature. And so if that's the case, then you, got to, you have to do those types of things right out of the gate uh, when you start out with a social selling program from month one is, is what my recommendation. We'll talk more about that later on. By the way, the citrus yes. tree can grow up to 50 feet. I didn't know that. <laughs> An orange tree. Very interesting. Have either one of you or both heard about the marshmallow challenge? Are you familiar with that? How many marshmallows? No, no. The marshmallow challenge is where you get a group of people in a room and you give them a certain number of sticks of spaghetti and a marshmallow and I think some other tools. And they have 18 minutes. It's like a TED Talk, but it's on, on marshmallows. They have 18 minutes to create a structure, the tallest they possibly can, that will hold one marshmallow at the top of the structure. And it's uh, collaborative. It's team playing, team building. It's uh, a huge uh, talk about gamification, Mario and Kirsten. It's, it's a huge trend around the country. If you go to the marshmallowchallenge.com, you'll take a look at it. And I'm going to see if I can get some local high school teams to come on my TV show and do it. Talk about gamification of any project. But anyway, I thought you'd be interested in that so you can take that note. And on that note, we're going to take our first break, actually our only break. You're listening to Episode 1. Season 2, Social Selling with Game Changers Radio. My very special guest today on this Season 2 kickoff from Mario Martinez Jr., Kirsten Boyleau. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I think I still will be after the break. Our topic today, interesting. There, there, there might be a, a moral component, and I think, I think Mario is going to wax biblical on us when we come back and talk about why use gamification in your social selling program, in your training, in your peer-to-peer pressure building, and is Big Brother really watching if you institute games in your social selling. We have so much to cover. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We will be right back. Justin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Social selling is a new tool that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and building the systems to truly measure the impact of social. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social selling is changing the world of business. Social Selling with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Social Selling with Game Changers. We're back. We're talking about gamification and social selling. If that doesn't make any sense to you, you've got to listen up because it makes perfect sense to my two special guests, Mario Martinez Jr. and Kirsten Boyleau. And we've got our game face on today talking about how do you launch competition among your sales reps or how do you use games to get them up to speed and game on so they'll do better in their social selling. And we're going to find out now if it's part of the learning process, the training, or it's how you keep them on their toes to excel and exceed your goals in social selling. So Mario Martinez has graciously agreed to open the roundtable with me. Mario, I, I love the way you sent me some true or false statements for our roundtable today, a little different than usual, but I like the game aspect of this. So maybe it's truth or dare. I don't know. We ought to get Madonna on the line here. So let me start out with the first question, our first comment. I'll have you answer and then we'll get Kirsten to chime in and we'll see. You, you two do not have to agree on everything. Please remember that. So Mario says, gamifying social selling should not be done so as it distracts reps from leveraging traditional prospecting methodologies. Question, true or false, right or wrong? Mario Martinez, what do you say? Uh, absolutely, 100% false, wrong, I cannot, dis- I, I just, that, that is, no, I disagree with that uh, in every way, shape, and form, uh, that particular statement. You know, it's funny because <clears throat> I talk to a lot of sales leaders uh, and many, many sales leaders uh, have all um, said, you know, hey, I'd like to slow roll this. Um, you know, and, and, and in terms of slow rolling is, is let's not gamify this right out of the gates. Let's, let's not focus uh, so much on the, on the behavioral results right out of the gates. And to me, I'm just blown away by this because my response literally is, really, okay, um, is why? Because your less than 3% response rate to a cold call is rapidly filling your sales pipeline. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's, uh, thinking of that, and, and it's pretty harsh, pretty blunt that you've got to have with some sales leaders because getting out of that mode of this is the way I've always done it, and so I want to continue doing it this way, it's hard for some people because they don't understand. They look at social and they're like, I don't even know how to use LinkedIn. I just have my profile because I'm supposed to have a LinkedIn profile. Or what's this mm-hmm. Twitter thing? My kids are on it. And I have no idea what I need to do on it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I believe, and I'm going to make a bold statement here uh, to, to my sales peers uh, and marketing peers, that that type of thinking is what I would call foolish thinking, especially in the era of digital everything. We are digital everything. That's where we're going. That's where our customers are at. That's where the new millennial organization is taking us in the business organization. And so you've got to think differently. The other thing, too, is is I'm not championing, in, uh, and whenever I speak to, to sales individuals, it, they, they feel like and they, and that Mario is saying, Hey, you've got to rip out the old methodologies and you got to go completely social selling. I do not subscribe to the fact that the cold call is dead, like some people do. I don't believe that. I believe that it's dying. And so you need to look at how to augment your existing methodologies 
um, with a social selling program. And if you don't gamify that, the new methodology of prospecting right from the beginning, you can just throw up a, 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 the, this hashtag, pound sale. <laughs> That's exactly what your, your, your program will, 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 will be. It will not deliver on the results that really will wrap in your sales reps right from the beginning, uh, which may not necessarily hurt you short term, but I promise you, if you're listening, you're a sales leader, a marketing leader, thinking about these things, it definitely will hurt you long term from a pipeline perspective. Um, those are some of my thoughts, and I'll, I'll let Chris, Kirsten uh, give a response here, Bonnie. So I don't absolutely, take up too much of the time. Kirsten, what do you think? You uh, t- take it apart in any way you want. What about augmenting the existing methodology, the concept of gamifying? Uh, where does it fit in? Talk to me. Well, uh, funny you said, you know, you should, you don't need to agree on everything, but this is one of the areas where I really do agree with what Mario has to say. Um, you know, I agree that a digital, we are digital everything, but not all of our customers are digital everything yet. They're going there or they're, they're on their way there, but some of the more, uh, traditional, say, industries are, um, they're not quite online or they're only, you know, just dipping their toes in the water. They're not quite there yet. They're not participating in the conversation. They're not looking to social media necessarily for, um, for their information yet. Uh, most, many are, uh, and I would say probably close to most are. Uh, but there are still some uh, industries where, you know, going online and looking for information um, or, you know, using social to gather that information is not necessarily the first thing they think of. Uh, I'm thinking of, you know, um, automotive, manufacturing, um, that kind of thing where, you know, it, it's, it's very hands-on uh, type um, industries and they don't necessarily look to social media there for first. And so that for that reason, you can't do only social selling in your in your organization. You have to you have to be where your customers are. And if your customers are online, then that's where you need to be. But if your customers are, you know, perhaps in in other um, uh, communities or they are, uh, you know, really still on the phone, <laughs> then that's where you mm-hmm. need to be. And that's why the cold call is not dead, but it is dying, as Mario said. Uh, it is. Um, on the way out, and I think even if your your customers aren't necessarily um, totally online, you can still utilize social selling techniques to warm up that call. So it's no longer a cold call; it's a warm call. Um, you can uh, and, and and change your approach once you get to that person or or get to their voicemail. And instead of it being all about what you want to sell to them, you know, switch the approach to, hey, I want to help you uh, achieve your goals. Uh, which I don't think is a new concept. That's that's been around for a long time. Whether or not people actually adopt it is a different story. Um, you know, to 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 get to that person, but it still becomes a warm call because you understand what their challenges are and, and what challenges are within their industry uh, to to make those changes uh, for them or help them make those changes. I think there's um, you know there, there's this. Uh, concept or, or feeling around, you know, talking about social selling that you have to absolutely do, you know, 100% social selling. I don't want you to see any calls. I, you know, I don't want to see um, any anything else other than social selling. And it it takes away from from the, you know, the successes of social selling, I feel, because it social selling really needs to be part of, you know, the overall approach. It's not... 
it, it's not your um, one-shot deal. It's not your get-rich-quick get rich scheme. It is a, a process, a journey, growing your brand, growing your your reputation as um, you know, a subject matter expert, that trusted advisor. It's a process. It's not something that you can just you know, dive into um, on January 1st and expect to have results by, you know, January 15th. It just doesn't work that way. You, you, you know, it is a process. It's a long-term thing. And you, so you can't just drop everything else and, and expect social selling to be your, your, uh, your be-all and end-all. Thank you very much, Kirsten. I'm ready to move on to another true or false playing our game here today on Social Selling with Game Changers Radio from Mario Martinez, Jr. Mario says, here's the sentence, gamifying social selling will cause the reps in your organization to feel like they are being measured by another KPI. And we don't want them to feel like they're being punished for not measuring up to minimums. And a corollary to that is, is Big Brother watching? If you add gamification and it's very open and public within the organization, uh, the leaderboard, if you will. Mario, true or false? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, the, the answer is false, uh, in my opinion. And it was interesting. Um, I recently was on a call with um, the a Fortune 100 company, and it was the head of marketing, uh, uh, of America's marketing. And he mentioned to me that uh, his sales organization did not want to um, wanted to slow roll and not focus so much on the measurement of the KPIs um, because they didn't want their sales reps to feel like this was they were going to be punished uh, for not measuring up to the minimums. And it, it, it kind of it kind of set, took me back. I was like, wow, you know, like that that's such. Um, um, uh, I can't even think of what, what, what is the caveman type thinking. <laughs> it, it, it's certainly not up to the time. And, and yeah, I, uh, there, you know, there, there comes to mind this, this biblical quote uh, taken from Proverbs, and it says, foolishness is tied up in the heart of a boy, and the rod of discipline will remove it far from him. So, sales leaders, here's your rod. Here's what I would say. Are you kidding? Uh, gamifying a social program, when done correctly, will actually create a peer-level pressure to adopt and leverage quicker, faster, and better. Peers will automatically, without a doubt, push each other to become better at something just because someone else is doing better at it. Because that salespeople are, we're all about making money, but we're also all about competitive, uh, competing against each other. And so what happens is, is if you do this correctly uh, and you measure these KPIs as a result of gamifying your program, right? Because you've got to be able to, to, to have a, a target of, of something that you're trying to measure or watch, uh, that it no longer becomes the big brother, big brother type uh, analogy, as you mentioned, uh, Bonnie. It really mm-hmm. becomes now that each other, uh, that each of the reps are, 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 are monitoring and, and managing each other. And a good case in point, in, in, in the last organization I was with, when I, when I rolled out social selling, we had a, a, a team contest. I think it was month number two. Uh, we had a team contest, and we, for various reasons, we couldn't publish the results, but every two weeks. And so uh, literally on a week-over-week, day-over-day basis, I was getting emails and phone calls from the reps all around the country saying, tell me right now how my team is doing, because I need to know who's the person that is not holding their weight so I can get on top of them, right? And so what that became is, is an opportunity for 
peers to really push each other to do better and to adopt uh, a, a methodology. And I, one thing I didn't mention, and I, I, I wanted to mention, I'll kind of incorporate it here in the, in the last discussion point, was we have in business today CMOs, chief marketing officers, uh, they're being removed from their positions uh, because of their outdated tech methodologies, namely in the digital strategy components, right? And because of their lack of experience or ability to be able to produce new leads as a result of digital, uh, organizations are going out and finding the modern-day marketer. And so salespeople, we are 100% bona fide marketers. So if that's the case for a marketer or a chief marketing officer, why would it be any different for a sales leader or better yet, a sales rep who is the chief marketer of any, sale, of, of, any, of any organization? So I would say absolutely, you definitely want to make sure that you uh, measure the social selling program and measuring different KPIs or functions so that it becomes a game and not punitive and, and it, it, it drives adoption. Thank you, Mario. Lot to chew on here, Kirsten. You agree with the true or false that he said? False. I, I do agree, um, but for a slightly different reason. I, I was thinking about you know what he was saying that you know we don't want to um, it be, to become punitive. We don't want people to think that they're not measuring up to the minimums. And I thought, wow, that really speaks into the new generation of people coming into the the workforce and how. You know, um, I'm not sure that I 100% agree with this, but, you know, um, the popular thought is that the culture around uh, young people coming into the workforce is that they've been always handed everything, that they, um, uh, they've, they all got participation awards, they all got the best awards because nobody wanted to be left out. And I thought, oh, that's where the, this is where this thinking is coming from, and this is that's really interesting that it's starting to permeate not only just, you know, at the school and um, extracurricular activity level, but now it's starting to permeate into business. I thought that was really interesting. Thank you very uh, much. Yeah, go ahead, Kirsten, because I, I have some things I want to introduce in terms of how do you put a uh, gamification program together. So finish what you're saying, and then I want to get into the nuts and bolts, which we started to talk about in the beginning. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to – I just wanted to finish off with yeah. – um, Building that competition is very healthy for for a sales or for any organization. I mean, it can be really it could be a marketing organization where you're building that that um, you know within team uh, competition because it helps pe- people to become better than they were. It, it it forces them to think about how can I achieve more, and that's a really healthy thing for any team to be looking at. Thank you. Okay, Kirsten, let's talk about the fun aspect. I haven't heard the word fun here too much so far. We've been very, very serious about this. And when you say game, you think fun and challenge and, yes, I could do that. So let's talk about fun and feelings. And we've already talked with Mario about KPIs and about punitive damages if you don't do well. Kirsten says games should be fun and challenging for a sales rep. Games need to speak to the rep's own experiences and be relevant to their daily routine. So let's get down to some of the nuts and 
bolts. When you say gamification and social selling, Kirsten, what are you thinking of? You're thinking of a of a of a like when you go to Atlantic City or any casino, you have a leaderboard. You have a you know Bob is on top and Mary is inching up, and they did 15 tweets and 35 connections, and who is going to win at the end of the day, and who gets the big pink Mercedes? I don't know what they're giving away these days <laughs> at the end of the year. What is the prize? Is the prize just pride? Is the prize? Yeah, Mario got 5,223 connections on LinkedIn, and he made $1 million in sales that he didn't have last year. Wow, Mario's a winner. How do we measure? What is what is that? The, the I, We know the point of it, but Kirsten, how do you make this relevant, and what is a game in social selling training and programs? What do we do? How do we do it? It can be done in a lot of different ways. Um, it can be done by just measuring you know, how, who's on top, who has the most connections, who okay. uh, sent the most tweets, who got the most retweets on their tweets, you know, all of those, you know, the, the specific measurables. Uh, it can also be done in such a way to, um, uh, to incorporate activities that they would, that you're trying to instill in them anyway and make them interesting and fun, but very, also very relevant to their, to their role. So uh, perhaps, um, as they, you know, start a new opportunity, um, ask them to uh, to follow that that person, their, their connection or their their list of contacts on Twitter, or connect with them on LinkedIn, um, and show them how those things. And then, you know, once they've connected with them, start to listen. And once they've listened, then start to engage in the conversation that those contacts are engaging in to build those relationships and keep those things going and move that sales cycle further and further down uh, the pipeline. Um, And all of those things, each time they engage in one of those things, not only are you, um, you know, achieving some sort of business activity, which is fun for them, fun for a sales rep, because they get a lot of uh, excitement and um, motivation out of, you know, the things that they achieve in their business, uh, you know, pipeline and and revenue and that kind of thing that is really exciting for them. Uh, So, you know, you're very relevant to what their their daily business is, but you're also um, instilling in them the new ideas and, uh, and concepts and skills that you have given them with your training and enablement program, so you want to you know keep that going, so that they it becomes part of an what they do on a daily basis. It's not just you know oh right uh, I forgot I had you know three weeks ago I got this new opportunity oh, I better you know I better do this. Um, it really should be part of you know it becomes part of the routine that they go through when when they're engaging with new new. Um, sales teams or, or new sales opportunities. All of these things can really make a difference in how we, uh, they end up incorporating social selling into um, their overall mentality about sales. And that's the ultimate goal is to, is to really um, change the way we do business, change, the, change their mindset. Um, and once they start to see some, uh, some real successes from what they're doing, uh, and and have even more insight about their customers and be able to to build those relationships and and it's not doesn't become just you know I I've, I've completed the sale and uh, you know I'll see you in three years when you're ready to re- to um, you know to upgrade it it becomes part of a, an ongoing relationship that uh, especially in the cloud economy um, where it it's it's 
always changing, ever uh, upgrading, ever updating, and it becomes much more of a long-term instead of a transactional relationship. Thank you. A lot to think about. Maria Martinez, it's your turn. Agree or disagree with Kirsten? Well, you know, I, I, I tell you, Bonnie, I'm looking for ways to be able to find some disagreement with my good friend, uh, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, look harder. <laughs> That's why she is uh, he- uh, heading up all of social selling for one of the world's soft- largest software companies in the world. So uh, I, she's, I, I, can't, I can't disagree. Uh, you know, the one thing I'd add is commentary uh, to something to think about in terms of what to gamify. Um, you know, oftentimes, um, we sales leaders, we can become so laser focused and same with marketing leaders, we become laser focused on does it produce revenue? Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, understand what the revenue measurement is of, of a particular program that you launched at the sales field, whether it's the challenger sale, uh, selling model or whether it's social selling or whatever the case might be that you're rolling out to, to the sales organization, does it produce revenue? Uh, and so, um, the answer to that question is, is yes, ultimately you're going to measure those revenue components, ultimately, uh, on whether or not it's successful. But one thing to keep in mind is when you're rolling out a social selling corporate program for an organization, um, you, you cannot measure revenue uh, because social selling uh, is, a, as Kirsten mentioned, is a process. It takes time. Um, and you can definitely see instantaneous results. I, in my last sales organization that I was with, we saw instantaneous results. However, the majority didn't see results, uh, begin to see results until about the 120th day and beyond. So it's important to make sure that as you're looking at uh, putting together a program and you're looking at putting together um, gamification or gamifying your social selling program, that you aren't measuring results. Rather, Mm -hmm. you're measuring behaviors. Uh, and some of these behaviors are hard. Um, Kirsten mentioned a, a, a number of them, how many connections you grew, uh, how many tw- uh, likes and, and retweets that you got on, on a, a particular post. Um, they're hard for an organization to measure because uh, the likes of Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, they've cut off so many different API access to different applications and tools that can, that can measure and, and feed uh, the results that are happening on an individual's uh, uh, account. Um, but there are definitely um, components that are out there that you can measure and I really would focus on uh, an organization on measuring um, the behavior, not necessarily the results. And the, beha- uh, uh, the behavior that you'd want to measure is exactly as Kirsten mentioned, uh, you, you know, how many, how many times um, did you send an in-mail? How many referral messages have you um, sent? Um, how, how large uh, has your network grown in terms of percentage um, also, uh, other things that you can do is, is, you know, how many people have subscribed to your um, public Twitter list that you may have created um, with uh, customers. And so when you do some of those things in terms of measuring um, those unique activities um, that drive behavior, uh, other ones that are good are like, you know, the number of daily logins that you um, mm-hmm. get into your systems or tools uh, and um, how many posts uh, have you sent and in terms of developing content have you posted those are things that you can measure, and uh, I promise you, for those of you that are listening, uh, you, you will see results over the long term as a result of gamifying these types of behaviors and adopting social selling um, through those types of best practices. It will grow the pipeline. 
Thank you both. I, I have a reference here I didn't tell you both about. I, I did some research before the show, and I found a website called Level11.com. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the headline on this particular article, which is just a year old, February 17, 2014, and we're now in uh, in today's January 19th, twenty. Oh, I'm sorry. It's two years ago, 2016. My time flies. The title is Sales Gamification and Social Selling. What happened when we combined them? And that's what they're talking about. Sales gamification, social selling. Each has become a buzzword. Each gets attention in publications, at conferences, and by business leaders. But what happens when you combine the two so that each becomes both? And this is about a company called Sales Benchmark Index. They worked with a client to find out. Let me just lay this out quickly. Here's the competition. They started running a contest with their client, and they called it the social game. And here are the components. Four behaviors. Mario, they're measuring behaviors, exactly what you said. Number one was a daily knowledge test. Each member of the leadership team came up with true-false questions. Mario, they were thinking of you, my friend. True-false <laughs> questions about social selling. They were dripped out to the sales team one a day. Any team member who got a question right earned a point. Questions included things like true or false. If I want to connect to X person who fits our ideal profile, our ideal buyer profile on LinkedIn, I should reach out to them via email, true or false, blah, blah, blah. Then they had quality profiles. They worked out a list of how to optimize your social profile, and they came up with a best practice profile checklist. Every time you did something particular like a clear professional headshot, you got a point. So you could get up to 30 points in this category. Then they worked on quality and quantity of your network. Are you connecting with people who fit the profile of the ideal buyer? And they got two points for every connection and three points per connection if they were an individual contributor versus a manager. And then number four was new appointments. They got 30 points for each new appointment generated. They ran it for a couple months and they got huge participation, 75% of the team optimized their profiles to the level of high quality. They grew the network almost 50% from 6,000 to almost 9,000 qualified connections, and they generated zero new client appointments in the 60 days before gamification started and 29 new appointments in the first 60 days after, and guess what? One of the appointments turned into a $100,000 deal. Mario, thoughts on this? Yeah, actually, funny, Bonnie, that you brought that up because um, that actually was one of the reference tools that I actually literally have up right now myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great minds, and, great um, minds. Yes. We actually use in my last sales, right, great minds, think alike, exactly. We actually use Level 11 uh, in my last sales organization. So I'm, I'm intimately familiar with their capabilities. And I, I, one of the things that we did was is we actually rolled out um, stat and performance on all of our TVs that we had, you know, in, in, in across North America, uh, and push that on. I think it was a daily or weekly basis. I forget what it was. Um, so level eleven, you know, people are looking at a way to be able to bring this all together. Definitely, level eleven could help assist that. Um, uh, it is it is one hundred percent manual process to be able to utilize a tool like that to bring that all together. But you know, the interesting thing about about that, but the 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 article that you just mentioned or the PDF, the the study that was just done, mm-hmm. the, I agreed with everything except one thing. Uh, and that was measuring the number of appointments. Um, uh, my, my belief in terms of social selling is uh, that is a result, not necessarily a behavior. Uh, measuring an appointment is a result, not a behavior. So what are the things that you can do to measure the behaviors that drive the appointment? 
Um, I'm not saying you don't measure appointments. I'm just suggesting that when someone rolls that out, a, a, a social selling program, that you don't measure the appointments out of the gate from that because sometimes it takes time to nurture a relationship, right? When you teach people how to connect, you teach people how to ra- bring somebody. Uh, if I'm selling to you, Bonnie, I'm, t- I'm teaching reps how to be able to, for me to bring you into my network and for you to allow that for a period of time so that you and I can become trusted advisors and build a relationship based upon me being social. Um, so driving an appointment right out of the gate uh, usually doesn't happen with a new connection right out of the gate. It can, but usually it, it may not necessarily always happen that way. And so that's why I think for me personally, I, I don't measure, I do not recommend measuring appointments right out of the gate. Wait till your fourth month in or fifth month in where you're actually measuring some of those um, uh, behavioral results. But do, 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 in fact, measure some of the things like how often are you using the tools that you've provided? How often are you um, uh, connecting with people? How much your, your connections grew? How many in-mails have you sent? How many messages have you sent? How many referral requests? How many tweets uh, ha, uh, uh, have you done? How many eyeballs are hitting your tweets, right, based upon your, your, your network growing out and teaching you to, how to do the right thing? So, yeah, no, I, I, I saw that benchmark from uh, Sales Benchmark or that case mm-hmm. study, um, and uh, I, 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 it was a great case study for sure. Thank you. Kirsten, I want to give you a chance where we have about four minutes left till the end of the show, and I want to give you each a chance to do a prediction. But Kirsten, reaction to this example we just shared? I actually read that as reference as well for, in preparation. Oh, for my today. goodness. <laughs> I feel so honored that I pulled up the same reference knowing this is not my field. The two of you are experts and specialists, so I'm delighted that Google worked for me. Okay, Kirsten, thoughts on this? Agree or disagree? Uh, I for the most part, I would agree with Mario. I think for um, for a sales organization that's trying to implement social selling, and uh, you know, I'm speaking from my own experience. In order to um, to grow the the uh, investment in social selling and to um, to really prove the ROI of what you're doing, which is very very important in business. No matter what you're doing, you have to prove the ROI. And you can't do that by measuring behaviors. You have to do that by measuring the impact and the results of what you're doing. And, you know, I agree that you're probably not going to be, you're not going to see any results in those first few months. But if you aren't at least um, looking for them, you might miss them. And then, you know, you get a, you know, a lower count by the time you get to your fourth or fifth month. I think that it has to be concurrent with, although you, it's not punitive, you know, you don't say, well, if you don't get an appointment in the first month, you know, you're not doing it right. It's more just mm-hmm. tracking and measuring and keeping an eye on those things concurrently with uh, looking at those sales behaviors and, and tracking because how they do the behaviors will, will impact the overall results. Um, so you want to, you have to measure both to my mind. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, but Mario Crystal Ball, I I have to have you give me, please, one minute. You'll come back later in the season. I know Kirsten will invite you back. (laughs) One minute. Look ahead in the Crystal Ball 2020 or any time before or after. What's going to change about gamification and social selling? Mario Martinez, Jr., go. Almost out of time. Uh, one minute. Okay. Well, what will change? I I think more organizations will um, begin adopting social selling. Um, and, you know, sales leaders that are out there, they're going to recognize that uh, in order to grow the funnel quicker, faster, better, they're going to have to augment um, methodologies that they've always used that have always been successful uh, to the digital era that we live in today. Um, and as a result, they're going to need help with uh, putting that all together in terms of 
gamifying um, those programs. They're going to look to um, experts like myself or Kirsten uh, or other um, organizations or agencies that are out there that are trying to put help programs together. And so I think that's a, an area that um, is um, a lot of confusion, um, but it, it could be very quickly um, resolved and that crystal ball can become nice and shiny and see-through, if you would, uh, if uh, you have um, uh, follow some of these best practice tips that we've provided today. Thank you very much. Kirsten Boileau, predictions, thoughts, and how far out in the future can you tell me? One minute, please. Oh, I don't think I can go very far with gamification. Probably by the end of 2016, it will become much more of a um, a household word around social selling. Right now, when you Google gamification and social selling, not a whole lot of information comes up. There's not a lot of people doing it, not a, people, a lot of people thinking about it. Most people are still on... If they're if they're even started, they're still on that step one, the training and enablement side of things, and how do you um, how do you get people ready to do social selling? Uh, they're not yet thinking of you know how do we uh, make people adopt it uh, on a whole scale level, and that may you know that maybe needs to become a little bit closer together, and I'm hoping it will. Thank you very much. I have to do a shout-out. We had a couple of interesting tweeters here. Of course, we had Akua Odoi from SAP, and we had somebody named Kurt Lohman who was tweeting. Thank you, Kurt, if you're still listening. And I saw something that looked like a Darth Vader helmet. I hope I'm interpreting that right. It was hacking the number one in the lowercase letter T, hacking one T. Mario, do you know this person or Kirsten? No, they were, maybe. They were but- tweeting. They were tweeting uh, game IT, hacking IT, uh, 1T, whatever it is. Thank you. Uh, They were retweeting some of my early tweets before the show, so thank you to everyone. Kirsten and Mario, pleasure to have you both help me launch Season 2 of Social Selling with Game Changers Radio, and we have a whole bunch of new shows that are launching, uh, one coming up in about an hour from now. Today is Tuesday, the 19th of January. As far as my calendar tells me, it still will be in an hour, and we're launching Season 2 of Industry Cloud Trends, but we're calling it this season, Digital Industries Changing the Game. We're going to do an overview of what's coming up on the season soon. We're launching the future of the future with Game Changers, the future of cars with Game Changers, and the extended supply chain of the future with Game Changers. Lots of new shows coming down the pike. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Shout out to Kirsten for renewing again. Delighted to have you back, Justin, and the Business Channel team. And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. I'll see you in one hour with the launch of Season 2 of our industry show. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Social Selling with Game Changers. Presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.